from the Good Shepherd Library here in Inwood, New York City. Welcome to Inwood Artworks On Air. It's where I meet musicians, filmmakers, writers, theater makers, and artists of all stripes who make their home what we affectionately call Upstate Manhattan. I'm your host, Aaron Sims, and today we welcome local artist Arlene Schulman. Arlene wears many hats from writer, photographer, podcaster, and host to documentary filmmaker. Her extraordinary body of work, which ranges from photographs to films to photographic essays, illuminates facets of New York City that the majority of us never quite see. Uh, This includes boxing gyms, baseball dugouts, police officers on the beat, Holocaust survivors, an early interview with Broadway star and Inwood resident Lin-Manuel Miranda, a local look at a guidance counselor by by day and drag queen at night, and her haunting film on some strange mornings about a Dominican immigrant living with Alzheimer's, caring for his mother with dementia. Ms. Schulman holds a graduate degree in journalism with a focus on documentary filmmaking from Columbia's Journalism School and an undergraduate degree in English literature from CUNY Baccalaureate for unique and interdisciplinary studies. We're going to talk to her about the many hats she wears, but first, let me welcome you, Arlene, to Inwood Artworks On Air. It's great to see you. Thank you so much, Aaron. What an honor to be with you and to be in this the company of so many great artists from the community. Well, I appreciate it. It's been a pandemic. It's been a long time since we got to hang and talk. Yes. And uh, we used to run to the street and, <laughs> and events. And just those events are few or far or in between now, I think. People aren't doing as much anymore or whatever reason. But hopefully it's coming back now, right? We're getting more things happening in the community. More things happening in the community and around the city, both live events and virtual. And with a pandemic that really opened up this new stream of connecting with audiences and with people through Zoom and the computer. It's nice. And you could meet some, maybe you didn't meet some of your neighbors who, you know, in person that you could meet on Zoom. And now, you know, you can connect with them in real life and uh, hopefully create some work, which you're doing, um, which I think is fantastic. But uh, so let's go back. Everyone loves a good origin story. Um, So is it true your first foray into art, photography exactly began at the age of eight at your in your home borough of Brooklyn yes I am a proud East New Yorker um, from Brooklyn from the projects actually from the Linden houses but I was a kid in the third grade who had a homework assignment that said okay here are your 10 vocabulary words come up with a story so I love words I love what you can do with everything that has to do with language and words I was a kid that came up with five homework assignments that were Turned it, not just one. And at the same time, uh, my father was an avid amateur photographer, uh, quite a good one. And that was my pal in the creative world who took me to museums, who taught me how to photograph, taught me how to develop and print film, and really gave me the 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 kick to, to he kickstarted my creativity. Um, and that was the beginning of my creative career, documenting people and life in New York City and I haven't looked back. Wow. And how great is that your dad can be your, kind of your mentor for you to push you along the way. And it's important to have people like that to kind of give you a little guidance, right? Yes. And he fostered my love for museums and art galleries. Um, I feel like I'm missing something if I'm not at the Met or the Cloisters or the Museum of Modern Art or one of the many museums around the city. And I'm now a new fan of the Poster House. 
not a new fan, but a recently discovered it. And I love their exhibits. I love graphic art. I love letterpress. And all of that was a push from the home life very, very early on. And now you're influencing others with your art. So how cool is that, right? Yes. Very cool. So how did you find your way to Inwood? That's a very interesting question. At one point, I was living on the Upper East Side. The rent was going up to Oh, I'm sure now it's in the You said enough with the Upper East Side. We get it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> with a, uh, I would kick my laundry up and down the stairs on a five-story walk-up, and it got to the point where it was it became unaffordable. So I did what everyone does is I asked around, do you know anyone? Do you know anyone uh, who has an apartment available? I wasn't looking for a roommate situation. I'd been through that and said, you know, I, I need my own space, my creative space. Talked to this gal um, who I used to work with, and she had an apartment on the second floor. The third floor above her was open, came up to Inwood and looked around. And I didn't know where I was, but the super said, can you afford $250? That was about 35 (laughs) years ago. You're like... A day or a week or yes. a year? Or what about that? There was $1,000 less than what I was That's paying. Amazing. So the the idea of being in a rent-stabilized yeah. apartment also appealed to me because sure. as, as a creative person, as your income goes up, it right. goes down, sure, it's in yeah. between, you you know that it's low enough that you, you should or I can always pay it. Well, what year was this? Do you want me asking? This was like 35 years ago. I'm really bad at math. It's okay. Um, we can do the math for you. Okay, thank you. I'll, I'll leave that to the expert here. <laughs> exactly. um, but it was, it. I love the parks, the neighbors. Yeah. It still are. The building was well kept up. Um, and uh, that was, I, I sort of stumbled upon it. I didn't even know where it was. Well, you've been in a very, since, since I've known you and I've been here for 21 years, and you guys can do the math on that too. Um, uh, you know, you've been, you're actively involved in this community as long as I've been here. And, and I mean active, I mean like you show up to events, you, you've been on part of the community board. Um, you've, um, this neighborhood has been special to you. It's very obvious. And, and you, you create your art here as well, which is also very you know, telling. So um, it's, we're in a strange time, I think. So I was curious how, where is Inwood to you now in your heart, and uh, and where do you see us going, you know, artistically as it becomes more challenging for artists to live anywhere in the city, as you can attest it to? I find Uptown, including Washington Heights and Inwood, is a very special place for a creative person, for someone like me who is more of an outward I don't want to knock over the mic, is more like an outward communicator of ideas, looking for subjects, looking for people to photograph, to interview, to film, is you don't have to go very far. People are are so willing to assist you, make themselves available, find someone for you. I, I can knock on a neighbor's door, which I have done, and my neighbor became part of a story that I worked on about a book collector with thousands of books in his apartment and in, in the Dominican Republic. When I was in grad school, I needed some help setting up my camera and filming someone. I knocked on my door and my neighbor came right over, sat on the couch, and there was an, an interview. Um, I find people just so willing to 
embrace you. I'm not sure what other neighborhood you can find that in, um, in, in Manhattan. And as large as we are, the neighborhood is expanding with all this, the, the new construction. I'm not sure where we're going to go with that familiarity, um, and connectiveness. Um, I would like to hope that it's still remains part of it, but it's too soon. That remains to be seen. I I agree. I agree. And, um, yeah, there's neighborhood expanding quite a bit. So time will tell, but I agree with what you said, everything you said, it's like, it has that very small town feel where, uh, I think the word's approachable. You feel like your, your neighbors are approachable. You're approachable. You're, it's not the, you know, your eyes down on the subway. Don't make eye contact. Don't, you know, uh, reach out and say hello. Just quite the opposite on the streets of Inwood and Washington Heights. And, uh, very much about, hey, how are you? And haven't seen you in a while. Where have you been? What are you working on? You're the you're the photographer, right? Yeah. <laughs> and yes, and I found like over the years, like I I've known the mail carriers. I know Jorge, um, the mail carrier. The women who are the token booth clerks at 207th Street. We know each other by name, and we'll stop and chat. Mike from the supermarket. Um, Lauren, yes. Yeah. So from Inwood Gourmet. So yeah. you get a, it's an opportunity to get to know people right. um, and, you know, feel like you're part of the community. Totally. Totally. Um, well, I, speaking of being part of a community, you are part of a very specific community. I want you to talk about, uh, you have an upcoming documentary project in the works uh, called keeping the faith, meet the Romaniotes. Is that right? <clears throat> I said, <clears throat> pronounce it. Romaniotes. 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 Okay. Can you tell us about it? Well, my grandmother and the relatives on my mother's side of the family are all from a small town in Greece called Yanana. Um, it's about two to four hours from Athens. I'm trying to remember how long it took us by bus last year. But the focus is really on who were these people and how have they managed to survive. They're a minority of a minority of a minority. You start off with Greece, which is not overwhelmingly Jewish, but they are not Sephardic. They're not Ashkenazi, but they've, they are another tribe of Greek Jews there. They, many of them came over to the Lower East Side in the early 1900s, but as uh, with other gr- immigrant groups, they've assimilated. But back up just a little bit. The language is different. The food is different. The liturgy is different. Um, there was a lot of intermarriage over the centuries to keep them together. And also they were geographically isolated from others because of their location near the Pindus Mountains and like Pamphotis. So it was very, very isolated. And there are many family surnames that are interconnected. I'm related to thousands of Roman Yotes because they all intermarried uh, generations and generations ago, going back to the uh, second century. As as the story goes, um, they were slaves on a ship traveling from Rome to Judea. I might actually have it, the other, it might actually be the other way. Um, the, the, the ship uh, capsized off the coast of Greece and they made their way inland. So that's like the first of their many survival stories. Fast forward to the Lower East Side, every, all bets were off in terms of sustaining their culture. They had to work. The, the pool of people was limit, much more limited um, as they weren't in their hometown. Oh, I hear someone yelling. Um, and they, <laughs> um, 
So what they wound up doing was they now worked on the Sabbath. They now women now worked out of their homes, which was which was forbidden as part of their culture. And they sort of eased out uh, to a certain extent, depending on the family. I'm speaking mostly of mine. They sort of eased out and became very, very much Americanized. So my my mother, uh, may she rest in peace, would be uh, would have been full Roman yod. She married my father, who was Ashkenazi. So that makes me half. But that happened with many, many families. There are very few full Roman yotes still around. Mm-hmm. I discovered the synagogue a number of years ago on the Lower East Side. Still there, right? It is still there. It is not run by Roman Yotes, though, uh, because the the last full-blooded Roman Yote had passed away maybe a, almost 20 years ago. So you have a, a smattering of people who are there to, and they preserve the they're preserving the culture mm-hmm. uh, by pro different programming. So they've have kind of moved into the 21st century as well. There's on sometimes there there is programming that is also online and in person. Cooking classes they follow the Roman Yote liturgy. Um, not as many Greek speakers as there used to be. So my documentary takes a look at them from. Uh, who they are, the Roman Yotes, and who, who, what is the synagogue all about? How have they managed to survive the patterns of immigration? And also being on the Lower East Side, they're technically in Chinatown. So who, where would you expect to find a synagogue in Chinatown? Yeah. Um, it's very small, um, and it's, it's, it's still it's surviving. It's, it's also a, a story that's not only part of the Jewish faith, but many other religious denominations are also struggling to survive, where the older community has passed away, the younger community is not as religious, they don't live in the neighborhood, there's like the, the many um, distractions of modern life that people are not as interested in. You know, there go some of the churches in Harlem, the Upper West Side. It's, but, that's, but that's life, that's New York City. Like, it's always it's, changing. It's our, it's, our, it's our neighborhood. I mean, how many second, third generation people leave, and then once they go on, there's no reason for the parents to stay because they want to go where the grandkids are, right? Yes. And they'll leave, and so it's that, that that's you know, it's the cycle. Um, but it is also you know, sad that you know, they do it in droves, and so you have you have that lack of that foundation that gets chipped away at, right? Of maintaining those cultural customs forget about history itself but yes. just you know the, the 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 oral history is the the untaught stuff that is by wrote in them the liturgical you know uh, outside the liturgical but it's wonderful um what you're doing with this documentary and um we're thrilled to you know see it and uh and you're gonna have um where, where are you in the process right now i'm in the process of editing 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 a <laughs> little bit of shooting um left to do okay. as i find gaps because we, there aren't a lot of historical images mm-hmm. and if they are they're very similar um so i'm trying to beef that up and in in engaging the audience with my own story is having myself filmed as well yeah, cuz you're you're part of the story right you're yes. part of that living history so 
uh, maybe an autobiographical documentary. It has a little bit of that, but I'm more of the thread that that really pushes it along. And I'm not. I I didn't expect to be on camera, yeah. um, and I prefer not to be. But there is a there is enough of the connected the connective tissue sort of comes from my family, my grandmother, and in order to get them in the story, I'm in there, but lightly, yeah. lightly. Okay. It's. Not not hey. Arlene's story. It's theirs. Okay. Well, we're all, we all look forward to it. And uh, <laughs> thank you. Let us know, and hopefully we'll catch it at one of the Inwood Film Festivals. Oh, absolutely. Yes. Um, well, uh, well, we look forward to it. Uh, how else do you uh, plan to expand your artistic energy in 2024? Any photography uh, projects in the works? Anything else we should be aware of? I'm uh, working on a story now. <clears throat> I'm a contribute on plastic slipcovers of all things, but yes, um, because the great aunt in the Bronx had plastic slipcovers that anyone of a certain generation will remember peeling yourself off of them like color forms. <laughs> um, but I'm a contributing writer to Next Avenue, and I am, that that's one of the stories that I'm working on. I'm also planning with great reluctance, I mean, it's a sad parting, but I have to do it, um, getting rid of my two-on-two landline. So I may actually, after about 35 years with the same two and two number that I've not used in years. Yeah. I think I may actually have a ceremony and write about the parting of my two and two. It might be a short doc there somewhere as well. You know, <laughs> just like I'm sure someone will pick it up for a cell phone number somewhere eventually, whatever. But the but, documentary uh, is really my focus, and yeah. that takes up so much time sure. that I have some ideas for projects moving forward after that but right now i find if i subdivide myself into too many arenas that i will lose the time and the focus the one project though that i have on the back burner and that i'm really looking forward to and it's to me is way overdue but it it, it everything has its time is a project on the late great disability advocate edith prentice who's uh, a good friend to many of us here yes i learned a tremendous a force of uh, nature Yes, that's an understatement. Hell on wheels, although she argued with that title and had another word for wheels um, that I won't repeat here. Um, Let's keep it family friendly. Yes, I will. Um, but um, she's unfortunately had passed away yeah. really more in the beginning stages, but I feel like I have enough for something short to honor her. Well, I will go on. Uh, record here as well saying I knew Edith quite well from being uh, again coming back what I said earlier in the podcast about you know you'd see people out and about and it's not like Edith and I hung out and had beers together it's that we both had similar passions for community relationships and community programming and um, I think what artworks is mirrors uh, in a different way her passion about access to all almost yes. like and you we off camera we talked about earlier about you know how inward artworks is, we're multicultural everyone's always welcome um no matter age or ability or disability um and so we're we we born the loss of edith and uh she was a great advocate for yes. for those of all abilities particularly those who are challenged with disability. Uh, and so, and I know you're a close friend and uh, she has a great champion in you. So we look forward to that project coming about. Thank you. And Edith is also someone I met on the community board. So it's definitely something where 
if you're involved, you never know who you're going to meet mm-hmm. and how they're going to influence you because she still does to this day. Oh, absolutely. And we have a, a street naming from her as well. Yes, we had a street named after her. Yes, that actually has it. It's named, but there ha- there's not a ceremony just yet. I'm actually working with the electeds and her family and others to set a date to have the official unveiling. And what, the street corner? This would be uh, 187th and Overlook. Okay. So, folks, we'll put that on your calendar when we figure that out. Uh, a little tip of the hat to our friend Edith. Yes. Um, but another tip of the hat to our friend Arlene here. Is there anything else you want to talk about we haven't covered? Uh, let's see. <laughs> uh, well, how much time do we have, Aaron? I say, it's like a, let's, it's, 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 it's a, We could do the Arlene Schulman episodic podcast like I, Claudius, <laughs> and do it all like just... We could move it out there, um, but you have your own podcast too, and you have a second. You uh, you 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 embarked on a podcast of your own at one point, right? I did. I put that on hold for yeah. both grad school and other projects. But yeah. yes, I'd like to talk about boxing. Talk about boxing. I was in this neighborhood, Washington Heights, little less so Inwood, even before I moved up here, because my first role as a journalist was covering boxing. And I was living on the Upper East Side, and someone sent me up to 163rd between St. Nicholas and Amsterdam to a gym called the West Side Boxing Club. And I went, where, who, what, where is it? At first, I couldn't find it because it was downstairs in a basement, and I became very good friends with the owner uh, his the and the rest of his family and that was like the impetus to get me in the into the boxing game to cover it as a sports writer and a photographer at first I covered it uh, as a photographer and then I covered and then people would say okay so you've got these great photos well what's the story so I started contributing stories to the point where I started out with box. I, it's like an interesting trajectory. I started out with a little boxing publications. I moved up to uh, smaller newspapers, and then L- then I was uh, worked for El Diario La Prensa for a couple of years. Then freelanced quite a bit for the News and the Post, and then I did some heavy freelancing for the New York Times Sports section um, with is, both writing. And this and is photos. where you kind of see the documentary kind of dovetailing into this. That it's that journalistic storytelling you have ingrained in you. Right. Yes, I would say like the overarching word for me in terms of my career would be storyteller in different forms, whether I'm interviewing someone um, for a podcast, whether they're on camera, uh, whether they are for print, for digital media it's it's i'm out there with with telling those stories well we hope you continue to do that and thank we look you. forward to seeing more of them thank and, you uh, and keep us posted all right i will thank you so much for having me you betcha so uh, you. arlene also before we let you go uh and uh where can we share more of your work with people online do you have a home like a website we can send people to, to yes your work? My website is uh, arlenesscratchpaper.com. Just make sure you get the two S's in there uh, for the Arlene's scratch paper. Um, I also have my photographs on arleneshulman.com. Okay. So, folks, you have your marching orders. Go check out Arlene's work <laughs> Thank there. Thank you. And, uh, you know, talk to her. See if you can get a story going, all right? Um, yes, I'm open to hearing. You people's stories and you never know what's going to hit she's very approachable see yeah it's easy
Um, well, thank you again, Arlene. For thank being you a so guest much, here Aaron. Today. Thank you, you and the best of luck. Oh, thank you thank so you. much. So, this is Inwood Artworks on Air, an artist spotlight edition, uh, where we meet the musicians, filmmakers, writers, theater makers, and artists of all stripes who make their home here in Upper Manhattan. If you have a moment, please show us some love right now by rating and reviewing this podcast on Apple Podcasts. Five stars. It really does help. Uh, ten, ten. <laughs> ten stars. <laughs> just keep, 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 just keep voting. Uh, many thanks to the Church of Good Shepherd here for hosting us and to Hidesites.com for uptown promotional support. And you can support On Air and all of our programming by making a tax-free donation to inwardartworks.nyc backslash donate. Um, be sure to follow us on social media and keep up with what we do, which includes the Inwood Film Festival, Filmworks Al Fresco, Pop-Up Art Galleries, live performances, and so much more. Inwood Artworks On Air is proud to be supported in part by public funds from the New York City Department of Cultural Affairs in partnership with the City Council. And our programming is made possible by the New York State Council on the Arts with the support of the Office of the Governor and the New York State Legislature. From top Manhattan and the bottom of our hearts, thank you so much for tuning in. This is Aaron Sims for Inwood Artworks On Air. <laughs>